Welcome to the Tanya Acker Show. Welcome to the Art of Our Wars on the Tanya Acker Show. I have noticed, and maybe you have too, that sometimes there is so much noise around a fight that it's hard to figure out what the fight's about, what it means for us, what people are really um, out for, uh, what does a win mean? Uh, And that's really why I wanted to do this series in the first place. I wanted to unpack some of what we're fighting about uh, so we can fight better, so we can fight more strategically, so we can decide what these conflicts really do mean uh, for us in our lives. Uh, One thing that we have certainly been at odds about since well forever uh, is religious liberty and religious freedom and what that means. Uh, Maybe you heard about this case. Uh, There was a public high school football coach, Joe Kennedy. Uh, He lost his job because he prayed on the football field after football games. His case went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court held he should not have been fired. Uh, One of his lawyers, Jeremy Dice, is here with me today to talk about Coach Kennedy's case and what it means for religious freedom and religious liberty. On a later episode, I'll be talking to lawyers on the other side. And again, you know, everybody is going to come down differently on what religious liberty means. For some people, this case was an important sword in defense of uh, religious freedom. Others see it as setting back the cause of secular freedom and secular liberty. Um, Some think that it has set uh, those freedoms behind. So I'll let you draw your own conclusions. Here I am right now with Jeremy Dice. Again, let's just fight better, smarter, and less often people. Uh, Jeremy Dice represented Coach Joe Kennedy, who went to the Supreme Court and won. Here I am with Jeremy. Welcome to the podcast. Jeremy Dice, a lawyer with First Liberty. You represent Joe Kennedy, the football coach who lost his job because he prayed on the football field after games. His case went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said he should not have been fired. And here we are. So uh, did you argue the case before the court? No, I was just one of the attorneys on the team that, uh, that defended Coach Kennedy and his right to be able to, to utilize the free exercise clause to uh, uh, do what he committed to God to do, which was to go to the football field after every game he coached, right in the middle there where he was uh, meeting with the other team, drop to one knee, say a prayer quietly for 15 to 30 seconds and go on about his business. That's all we've done for the last about eight years now and are glad to see a good outcome for our client. Play devil's advocate with me for a moment because you're a good lawyer and I know you can do that. Uh, There is a Muslim kid on the sidelines or a Muslim family or a Hindu family. Isn't part of the argument that engaging in this activity makes it seem as if this is a Christian establishment as opposed to a secular establishment? Because as I understand it, I think that's part of what your opponents say about, uh, about this position. What's your response? Well, of course not. That's why Coach Kennedy loved the fact that one of his co-coaches, one of his other coaches on the team, began every game with a Buddhist chant on the sidelines, and he welcomed that and encouraged that. And any other student who wanted to exercise their faith or any other faculty member who wanted to be exercised their faith on campus was free to do so, uh, whether on the football field or in the hallways or in the, the lunchroom. The real problem was that the school district's position on this entire thing that was If you can be seen engaged in religious activity, that is sufficient enough to earn a suspension and or a termination from your school. So let's just play that out and see what that would look like within the different constructs. 
What if you're a Catholic teacher and wear a crucifix? Well, that's a demonstrative religious activity in the words of the school district that would be sufficient for you to be terminated. If you wore a yarmulke or a hijab around your head, those are sufficient demonstrative religious activities or that would earn you yourself, a termination. Or if you're Catholic and you crossed yourself at a game. Oh, absolutely. And if you got really uh, serious about it, really silly about it, if you said God bless you to a student who sneezed in the hallway, well, you know, if you're sincere about wanting God to bless that student who just sneezed, that's an, enough of a demonstrative religious activity in the mind of the school district to earn you a termination. And worse, if you're in the school class or on the, the lunchroom and you happen to bow your head in silent prayer over the salad or lunch or sandwich or whatever it is you have in front of you and students can see you, that would be sufficient to violate the establishment clause in the minds of the school district and our opponents. And, and that would be just fine, I might add, by all of them. But what the Supreme Court has now said is that all of those practices, God bless you when you sneeze, wearing your crucifix, crossing yourself, uh, a, a Hindu chant, whatever those might be, those are all protected by that other clause in the First Amendment called the Free Exercise Clause. And that the school district puts such a heavy emphasis upon the Establishment Clause and forgot all about the Free Exercise Clause, the Supreme Court was quick to remind them both of those work in concert with another to maximize our freedom, not to suppress it. I want to be clear about a fact that you just brought up. So at this school, there were other instructors who engaged in Buddhist uh, chants or meditations before the game. Did I understand that correctly? Yeah, that was one of the one of the other coaches would uh, stand on the sidelines and uh, it was almost imperceptible, but he was in fact doing it, little chant that he had before every game. Would you have taken this case if it were a Muslim coach? Oh, absolutely. I would have been on a plane sooner than the one I got on to go represent Coach Kennedy. Why? Because every religious belief, every religious adherent deserves religious freedom in this country. That's what we're all about at First Liberty. We defend religious liberty for all Americans. Talk to me, Jeremy, about how we're going to engage in this balance. There are some things that certain people of faith believe they can't participate in. And some of those things involve uh, denying rights, activities, services to another group of people. Um, and I should also be clear that not all Christians uh, believe that, um, you know, God is against gay marriage or that God believes that you shouldn't make a cake for gay people, but some do. And First Liberty has represented some of those folks. Before, I, I'm not so much interested in talking about specific cases. I'm interested more in your perspective about how, as a community of diverse people, we're going to accommodate those interests. Because some, you know, whereas you see religious li uh, liberty, others see the freedom to discriminate. How do we balance all of these different interests? Well, we, we recognize that we're capable of having disagreement with one another over matters of severe consequence and eternal consequence at that, and welcome that diversity in the, in the public square, whether that's on a school campus or somewhere else in a place of business. Uh, you know, so whether I have a Jewish client who simply wants to be able to uh, exist within a community, but the village elders don't want that synagogue to appear in their community and are going to try to take that property through eminent domain, or if I have an African-American congregation that wants to do the same thing and the city doesn't want them there either, all of them are deserving of religious liberty. Or how about a Muslim group who wants to have a cemetery and the local community doesn't want that cemetery uh, being run by Muslim individuals? All of them deserve that level of protection. And there are going to be people who will disagree with that uh, decision of the law and the way that that law is upheld and provided. That's okay. 
And what the Supreme Court has reminded all of us in this country through Coach Kennedy's decision is that people of faith are deserving of respect, even for the most bizarre thoughts and uh, uh, positions that they may hold, because what is one man's foolish behavior is another man's uh, duty to God. That was something that uh, John, uh, James Madison wrote years ago in his memorial and remonstrance, that what somebody perceives here is just something that somebody does on this planet is actually a divine command from, from the eternal. Uh, and so we respect everybody's right to be able to have those positions and still call them friends. Yeah, we're welcome to disagree with them, even stridently so, but we ought to be able to respect one another and still call each other fellow citizens when our beliefs uh, come up against disagreement with somebody else. Uh, I, I'm perfectly fine if you disagree with my personal religious beliefs. Uh, I just simply want the ability to actually you know, have them. But it's sometimes not so much an issue of having a belief, right? I mean, to be fair, it's about expressing the belief or imposing that belief on someone else who doesn't necessarily share it. So what happens, for instance, if some person's view of their duty to God means that they can't uh, make a cake for an interracial couple, to use an example that might not be as familiar to some of the folks as uh, the LGBTQ examples. I mean, there are people who believe that God has a prescription against races uh, commingling. So what if that person's duty to God runs directly against my right to live uh, in a free society and enjoy the exercise of my civil rights and liberties? Well, thankfully, we've got three separate constitutional amendments that will deal with that very issue, the 14th, 15th, and 16th Amendments, from which we, uh, we found after we fought a very lengthy and bloody civil war. So I think that question's actually been, been answered in triplicate for everybody in this country. We don't have to worry about that matter ever again. But it's again, still happening. Really. It's still happening. I mean, there was a couple not long ago that said they weren't going to make a cake for an interracial couple. This is not, I, I don't think it's, entirely fair to say that the question is socially settled, uh, right? I mean, it's not, it is still the case that people believe in certain situations that their personal religious belief gives them the right to discriminate. And, you know, discrimination is such a loaded term, but that's what it is. It's when you treat one set of people differently than another set of people. And I'm not sure that, uh, I think that that is still an open question because there are a lot of folks who believe that God gives them the right to treat other people less than. They could certainly have that belief, but uh, the law would otherwise uh, disagree with that, including the constitutional amendments that I referenced before. That uh, that has been a na nationwide discussion that was preceded by a very long and bloody war that has resulted in a national dialogue saying we need to settle this issue within our constitution. Thankfully, that uh, that has been well balanced in our constitution, within our laws, and within our case law as well. Uh, that shouldn't be a concern anymore. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the Supreme Court decision in Coach Kennedy's case, because I've noticed it seems to have been misrepresented a bit, both by people who love the decision and people who hate it. Some think that it means that teachers can now give sermons in the middle of math class. And some people think that's a good thing. Other people think that that's horrible. And others think that, well, you know, I, I don't, there's no point in trying to elaborate on all the misconceptions. I think there are a lot of misconceptions. Why don't you kind of briefly just explain, if you would, what this case means? Because it doesn't mean that teachers are now free to give religious instruction in the middle of the school day. 
Yeah, nor, nor is that seeming to be a widespread problem across the country at all. But what the case stands for is simply this, that if you are a person of faith, you don't actually have to hide that when you walk onto the school campus. There was a case back in the 1960s called Tinker v. Des Moines it dealt with free speech issues, but it certainly is a foundation stone for this case as well. And what the court said there is that uh, nearly a century of jurisprudence in our country, for almost 90 years it said, it had been the longstanding principle of this court that uh, neither students nor teachers shed their First Amendment rights when they walk through the schoolhouse gates. Now for, for decades, we've, we've been clearly understanding that that, uh, that covers our students. In that case, it was students who wanted to protest the Vietnam War by wearing a black armband. Uh, and that protected them. We really hadn't had a case that, that kind of ferreted that out for what it meant for, for teachers. Uh, but really what that had been interpreted for teachers is that they would have to leave their faith parked inside their car. So let's go back to the examples I used earlier. If you're Jewish, you would have to take your, your yarmulke off and leave it in the car, according to Bremerton School District. If you were Catholic, you'd have to put that crucifix in the glove box. Or if you were a, a Muslim, you'd have to remove your hijab and leave it in the trunk. All of those things are demonstrative religious activities that were barred at the schoolhouse gate. What the Supreme Court simply did under Coach Kennedy's case was to say, you don't have to put that in the glove box, the trunk, or anywhere else. You can carry that with you through the schoolhouse gates, and not just through the schoolhouse gates, but all the way to the football field as well. Uh, and it's important to point out what uh, Justice Gorsuch wrote in there was that this was something that is supported by our nation's commitment to tolerance and diversity. That if we're going to censor people of faith from even walking on campus as people of faith, then we're not a very tolerant people, nor are we welcoming that diversity that is so crucial to our country here. And that's precisely what Coach Kennedy being allowed to take a knee in uh, 15 or 30 seconds of private prayer at the 50-yard line. Uh, who knew that it would take someone taking a knee in order to stand up for our religious liberty and our diversity and all the other things? But that's exactly what it took. And thankfully today, uh, people of faith don't need to fear, uh, you know, tucking that crucifix in under their blouse or uh, putting that uh, yarmulke in their pocket. They can simply do what their religion teaches them in terms of demonstrative religious activity without fear of, engage, uh, of being fired. Now, look, there are going to be limits on that, and I think we can, uh, can have common sense about what that's going to look like. So if a, a teacher, to borrow your example in math class, stands on his or her desk and recites the, uh, the sermon from uh, Paul's uh, letter to the, the, the Romans right there, uh, clearly that's not going to be germane to the educational environment of math class. But if a teacher happens to be sitting in her, his or her classroom at his or her desk during a private planning period and has her, his or her Bible open up on their desk, uh, you know, that's no violation of the Constitution whatsoever. That's simply respecting the free exercise of religion by that individual. Uh, and that's something that I think supports not only our diversity in this country, but uh, our, our willingness to tolerate people of faith wherever they may find themselves in public. Where do you personally draw the line? And when I say personally, I mean as a lawyer, as an advocate, as someone um, who is, uh, as I understand it, a Christian, part of your practice and I think your mission uh, is to advance these religious liberty cases. But is there ever a situation where you say, you know what, this isn't about Jesus, you're just a bigot. Have you ever had a case like that? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I have or have not. I certainly defended people that I would disagree with on very eternal matters. And certainly I have my theological disagreements with many of my clients, but all of them deserve religious liberty. They have the right to be, well, to be wrong. They also have the right to be right. And I know that when I defend uh, people of faith, uh, which I don't share their religious commitments, 
when I protect their right to be able to engage in them, well then my freedom of religion, my free exercise of religion is also protected. And that's what I'm committed to. First Liberty Institute is simply committed to one thing, defending religious liberty for every American. I think that as a lawyer, and you may agree with me, I think that people often give short shrift to how taxing litigation is, to how hard it is. Even if you've got somebody working for you uh, on a pro bono basis, uh, as Coach Kennedy did with you, it's still a tough slog, isn't it? Well, look, I'll take your last point first. Look, it was uh, eight years of litigation for Coach Kennedy to have his rights vindicated. Let me first start from the lawyer perspective. That's a lot. I mean, there are hundreds of thousands of lawyer hours that have gone into that case, uh, millions of dollars of real costs that are sunk in a case defending uh, those types of, of, of civil rights. Uh, thankfully, the, the Congress decades ago uh, passed a law that says that if the government violates your civil rights, then they are duty bound or required to, uh, to pay for your attorneys. And so we won't recover everything that we put into this over the last almost a decade of litigation. But thankfully, uh, we will recover at least a little bit of what we sunk into this case, defending uh, Coach Kennedy's case. And as a reminder to other government institutions, be very careful when you act to fire someone based upon a religious belief. It may end up costing you thousands, if not millions of dollars. I mean, the city of Boston just recently in another matter, not related to our case, and not our, our suit as well. They just paid uh, $2 million plus uh, for refusing to hang a flag of a Christian organization on the town square. Uh, that was a, a bad decision, it turns out, by the city of Boston in that situation, and they had to pay their own attorneys as well. But I get off track. Uh, what you asked me about was the, the cost it has to us and to our clients. How was this for Coach Kennedy? I mean, yeah. he got fired and it's eight years and, you know, he, wins after eight years, but eight years is a long time uh, to be in the middle of a fight. Was he working during that time? Did he find another position? Yeah, let me take a running start into that because I think it's important to kind of understand the background of Coach Kennedy, who came out of the Marine Corps for 20 years, understanding what freedom actually costs and, and making sure that when it came to him, he would actually be able to have his, his religious liberty preserved as well as, as, well as for others. That's, he, he gave himself in service and sacrifice for decades in the Marine Corps uh, it was, uh, he's a different character than many who would uh, want to do that even in litigation to preserve other people's religious liberty as well. But in his personal situation, what I find very fascinating is uh, Coach Kennedy's wife was the human resources director at Bremerton School District. Uh, you want to talk about some intense fellowship that has been created in that relationship over the years. Uh, his wife fired him, so to speak, as the HR director, and then he turned around and sued his wife. That's a, a rather unique situation. Is she situation. still there? Is she still working there? No, she's no longer oh. employed by the school district. But uh, at the beginning of this suit and for several years thereafter, they were, uh, or she was, uh, and that created a, certainly a, a bit of a strain on their relationship. But it, for a lawsuit to take you know, seven or eight years to, to, uh, to work to final resolution is really difficult on somebody. Now, thankfully, he's got uh, other means of being able to support himself. Both his wife works, he works as, as a different job as well. But just having your life turned upside down for seven years uh, and uh, waiting for a decision to come that takes forever for a judge to write an opinion and not knowing what that's gonna mean in terms of being 
uh, back on a field or not, all of those decisions uh, are, are difficult. And, and so for every client that has to go through this, there's been a critical point that they've had to stop and make a, a decision. Am I going to view this as something that is just for me or something that is bigger? I, I think that if you stop and think about that as just for you, I think Coach Kennedy pulls the plug on this before it even begins. It would have taken nothing for him. And frankly, no one would have known who he was or even been concerned about that if after the school district said, hey, you got to stop doing this, he just walked out the field and said, okay, fine. But you know what, that, that meant a couple things. Number one, it meant him violating his uh, commitment that he made to God, and that was going to have an eternal consequence for him personally, he couldn't do that. But it also meant that uh, the students looking at him and giving up when it became hard, when he told them to go out and give everything they had on the field, uh, for him to give up in that instance would send a message in a negative light to his, his uh, teammates as well. And then on top of all that, going further out, for him to walk off that field would mean that, uh, well, the establishment clause got a little bit more emboldened, the free exercise clause got a little bit more anemic, uh, and certain uh, civil liberties around this country were put under further and further duress and threat. Uh, and so Coach Kennedy was committed to making sure that all of those interests were well protected, himself, his teammates, as well as the rest of the, the country as well. Uh, that meant a lot for him. Uh, he certainly has uh, a lot more gray hair over the last seven years. Uh, just glad that he actually has hair for, for one thing. But uh, it, uh, it's, it's an important thing for us to, to, to remember that these are real human beings that uh, go through years of litigation. Jeremy Dice, I really appreciate your being here. I think that um, a big part of civil society is being civil and tossing around uh, really hard questions. I very much appreciate your coming by and I appreciate the respectful conversation. I hope you'll come of back. Course. We'll I mean, have look, some other we, stuff uh, to talk about. Uh, absolutely. Look, the disagreement is the sum and substance of freedom, the ability for you and I to disagree on matters and to do so civilly and silly call each other friends and fellow citizens. That's very important in this country. I'm glad we could model that for the rest of this country. Uh, whether or not you and I agree on everything is aside from the point, that you and I will be committed to that idea of freedom. And that's what we're trying to do at First Liberty. And you can learn more about that, of course, at firstliberty.org at any time. That was Jeremy Dice, a lawyer for Coach Joe Kennedy, who won his case before the United States Supreme Court. He won the right to pray on the football field at his public high school after football games. In a later episode, you'll be hearing from Patrick Elliott. Patrick is with the Freedom From Religion Foundation, and they were on the other side of Coach Kennedy's case. So we'll be hearing from them soon. Thank you so much for being here. And remember, fight smarter, fight better, be strategic. Don't fight all the time. I'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.